All right, everybody, <laughs> welcome back to Street Writers. It's 10 minutes of writing, motivation, inspiration, and activation. Here's the first half of our interview with Matt Zucker, author of Bronze Seeks Silver. With a surprise appearance by the especially loud crickets in my backyard. And a renowned marketer, copywriter, a management consultant, an old friend of ours from Ogilvy days, who now has a new book about his pretty cool career in all areas of marketing and, and advertising, Matt Zucker. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me on. I haven't talked to you in a very long time. I think I talked to Dan maybe a year or two ago about a, a Forbes thing about where do creative directors go. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, I, yeah, that was kind of cool and stuff. And Mark, I haven't talked to you in a long, in a long time. But I'm sure you've got a good Ogilvy audience that they already know me. I was there for nine years, but yeah. So I started as a, you know, as a copywriter, and um, I started as a secretary actually, and then became a copywriter. Did you really? I didn't yeah, know. yeah. Um, and I was, you know, there were I couldn't get a job. My book sucked coming out of undergrad, and I couldn't compete with all these kids in portfolio school. So, but I wanted, I definitely wanted to be a copywriter. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And I finally got a interview to be creative assistant at FCB New York and it was like Nabisco Foods and it was kind of a RJR tobacco and things like that and I college friend got me the interview and I I kicked ass on the typing test because I was like a really good typist which is a really good skill. <laughs> and they're like you know we don't we're not used to men being good at this this was in you know 1991 or something and um but I got the job and it was great and I worked for six creative directors and I um you know eventually I got the shot and my put my book together at night is at School of Visual Arts and I got a job as a copywriter and you know and then of course like any good copywriter I got fired and um, got laid off, and then I <laughs> freelance. Right? It's part of the path. I think people need to accept writing, and both any kind of creative writing. You're going to get laid off, fired, or freelance at some point. Um, and every now and then, you get a full-time job, which maybe you get, you know, you get a little better at. Someone invests in you. Um, but eventually, I became a creative director. And at some point, I started running, becoming executive director, which basically means running offices. And so I did that at a couple agencies and a couple group heads. And I went back to Ogilvy and became chief creative officer of Ogilvy One. Yeah, so then I worked for, um, then I got laid off there. And then I went to um, <laughs> a couple other agencies. And then I, I wanted to change my life. So I couldn't become like something interesting. So I became a management consultant and I followed my old boss from agency.com into what they call upstream. And I'm like, aren't those the brand people? Like, yeah, they're like, yeah, the, the logos and stuff. Um, like segmentation that we ignore in advertising and you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff, right? He's like, no, 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 right. you get the, you get really good business briefs. You get things much earlier. So mm -hmm. if you get in, you get really good challenges. So I did that. So I've now I've become a strategist and a marketing consultant and I still write on the side. So now I write journalism sure. and I write articles and op-eds and I have some podca two podcasts myself and now I've got the book and stuff. So I'm still keeping my writing alive, but it's more through my passions and content development right. than my main mm -hmm. job. Did you find, you know, it's interesting when you talk about, the, the, and especially as you describe the ECD position, it's kind of like managing an office. Did, did you ever find you were losing touch with your writing self or you're always able to maintain that? Yeah, I think there's two kinds of ECDs, right? There's the kind that become the ECD that never stop writing. So they're competing with their own people, you know, working on the pitches and being hands-on. Usually, you know, and then there's the management ones that all they want is the title. And I think I ended up being both. I think there'd be one or two clients I keep myself so I could keep writing mm. and, and doing and making. Like it might even be a small client, like it wasn't even necessarily a big one. Um, which honestly, in retrospect, was not a smart idea. But, um, you know, it's what I did. And then, you know, mm -hmm. then I was the manager type or exec hiring people and trying to nurture a culture. 
and trying to set a standard across the other accounts. So yeah, I think I always tried to keep a hand in it. I did go through a lot of the bronze seek silver and seeing your kind of path by path and it's fascinating. You've had such a diverse and rich career. I'm amazed at your resiliency and your determination. You should be the poster boy for surviving, adapting, and thriving. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's a poster, I'm a poster boy, but it is, it is one path. And I think everybody should write down or some find some way to rethink their story and track. Because you'll come across surprises that you didn't realize. Like, yeah, I didn't think of myself as a resilient person, right? I always thought of myself as an ambitious person. And I thought of myself as a person that was a writer and I loved radio and, but I didn't realize the resiliency. Also a little bit of fortuitousness, like getting into things early because other people didn't want to. Right. Turned out to be really good. Like I got into digital in not, you know, the earliest, right? In New York, like 94, because everyone wanted to do TV commercials, right? So at FCB, give Zucker, give Zucker this web thing. Like, what is that? You know? And no one wanted, and I didn't know, you know, so I, I had to learn it because no one else wanted to. And then even um, podcasting, which I got into really early during the first wave, was because I did so much radio. I did so much radio commercials because mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to do TV, right? So it was really, mm -hmm. who knew that those two things would be great for me, you know, so much later and help me get in earlier. I mean, I think the resilience is the hard part. So I think the, the path is really weird, but I think until you write it down, you don't stumble across these little epiphanies that kind of explain to you why things happen that they did. You also learn not to blame everyone else. Take a swing at this. It's our tips, tricks, and sleight of hand to power up your pencil and percolate your brain. You got a book full of, of tips, Matt. Pick one. The first tip I, I learned was the best tip I learned. And it was from my boss, Dennis Ferrone, one of my first creative directors who gave me a shot at writing my first ads at FCB in New York when I was his secretary. And it's because I wrote a bunch of ads for like some, some food stuff. And since I didn't cook, it became clear that my writing was not delicious. And he let me do it one or two times. And he's still like, yeah, no. And he didn't yank thank the assignment from me, which was really generous of him on the third time. He said, listen, go out and buy as many. You don't cook, right? And he's like, I'm like, yeah, I don't cook. And this was for some food ads for egg beaters, um, a food, uh, egg substitute. Go buy as many cookbooks as you can carry. You can expense them, obviously. And then, you know, read, read them back to back and then, then write, your, write the ads. So this is the equivalent of Googling, you know, a specialty. Sure. So I did this. So I, I stayed up all night reading recipes and getting into the language of how things worked and how to romance different foods and the adjectives and stuff. And it was, and I came back and my ads were great and they got accepted and they were, they were delicious. And they were, and it taught me to really go to primary sources. And this could be a cookbook. It could be calling an analyst in a field to give you the nuance. The biggest compliment I've gotten from clients is when they say, you get it, you get me. And it's because I did my homework on the nuances of what they do. And ultimately, when I got the Cisco account, I didn't have any like tech experience. I didn't know what a router was. I had to buy routers for dummies. But it was, I think it's about going for the, for the specifics and the nuances and then you get the aha. It's like riding a bike. All of a sudden you hit it. And when that switch mm -hmm. turns, you're really, really good. Um, and until you get that, you can't crack it. So that's my writing tip is read cookbooks or whatever the equivalent is. It's great because it is the authenticity. The immersion gives you the authenticity. 
you know, in the sense that you're really part of the world that you're trying to represent, whatever you're writing. Yeah, I mean, obviously that directly applies to nonfiction and journalism and advertising, but it also applies, I would imagine, Matt, to fiction writing in that if you're going to be writing about, you know, whatever, a, a World War II, you've got to become an expert on World War II. I mean, the, the authenticity shows. Yeah, exactly, too. I mean, you can see it in acting, right, when people do method acting, and it's why people can play roles that they, that aren't them, but they kind of, they figure it out, you find a way. And as, and as a writer, I think you really have to. And I think the absence of doing it really, really, really shows. I have a tip that one I don't talk about a lot, but that is in, 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 in the book. I forgot I even did it, was we were recording a bunch of radio commercials for AT&T. And back then during the AT&T MCI wars, AT&T came across as a very non, like a national brand. It wasn't mm -hmm. local. It was kind of the evil, you know, it wasn't the regional company that everybody loved. And we were doing these radio commercials, and of course, I was the junior person, so I got stuck with all the regions like West Virginia, and I got Wisconsin, and I got Texas, which was kind of cool, but very foreign to me, you know, this Jewish kid from New Jersey, and I got like Utah and Colorado. Anyway, these were the states I got, too. And I could, we didn't have enough budget to actually travel to those places and cast local talent. So I had to mm -hmm. research interesting things for my scripts to put in there, mm -hmm. um, like Minnesota Nice phrases like that. But you could, you know, you could do that then. But the, but when I was directing the talent in the, I used New York talent in the recording studio, who could were good, but like they had to crack the authenticity of the accent a little bit, yeah. or at least try. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't. The West Virginia thing wasn't working. And I said, to, I, I pumped through to the studio and I told, you know, Amanda, you know, that's not West Virginia, and she's like you've never been west of you know the furthest you've been west is the castro and i've been, and i've never been to west virginia so that was kind of true so i was like okay so how do i teach her i just knew it was wrong i knew that was not a west virginia accent but there was a phone so i said okay hold on i, I need you to listen to this we're going on speaker no one talk so i i dialed i thought of that billy joel lyric you know billy joel wheeling west virginia thing so i called yeah. it, i called mm -hmm. the library in wheeling west virginia and i got the librarian on speakerphone Awesome. And I mm. said to her, I said, this is in the book. And I said, did Billy Joel really, like, did, what happened? What's the legend of, 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 you know, Billy the Kid and all this kind of stuff, too? So she goes on and talking and talking and talking. And I see my producer and the actress nodding their head. They're starting to get it. The cadence. Yeah, mm. the cadence and the nuances. And it's just, and I also get it. So I know what's right. So we hung up the phone. We recorded. It was great, and it was a trick we redid for like every region. Got a tip to share? Send it to streetwriters.podcast at gmail.com. Check in next time for the second half of our interview with Matt Zucker. Take it to the streets. And fight to write. <laughs>